0: I hope you brought your passport, because we now have an adventure to go on. I need you to climb in this helicopter with me, and we're gonna go destroy the tape of this game. So, uh, you seen any good movies lately or anything? I don't know, I'm just trying to, trying to pass the time. You know, it's kind of funny that the New York Islanders reacted so passionately to that victory. That was the first franchise victory against the Hurricanes. Literally, they have never won a postseason game against the Hurricanes, and they acted as if Gary Bettman was on his way down to the ice to present him with the cup. Like it was—it was insane. Oh wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're getting close. We're getting close. Hold on. Go ahead and open that door. Okay, just just drop that reel into the volcano, and we'll never talk about any of this again. Okay. Well, you know. See you Sunday. Don't you have, like, a show to do? Ah, oh, shoot. I forgot. I don't want to do this. Just, okay, let's go home.
1: 9,393 days of frustration, and on the 9394th day of NHL existence,
0: Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and
1: I think we're going to do great things.
0: you think they were going to sweep? I believe I've said in a previous episode that I didn't. And, you know, ultimately Carolina's job was to go up to New York and try to steal a game and then come back down a rally. They still have an opportunity to do that. But this game, ugh, right? Like, ultimately the, the final score is going to make this look like a blowout. And I'll tell you what, um, the New York Islanders scoring the four fastest goals in playoff history, it's not something you want done against your team, given one of them was an empty net. But one of them was an empty net. The other three were not. In no way should this game be pinned on Auntie Ranta, who stood on his head that third period. Just, oh my god, spectacular. No way Freddie Anderson starts game four. And if he does, i I'm going to be royally pissed, because even if I didn't want Ranta, I want Kochekov over Anderson. Carolina started this game pretty good. That first period belonged to Carolina. Then the Islanders pushed back in the third, and I'm sorry, in the second. And then the third was a lot. And I mean, it was a 1-1 game until the final couple of minutes there. And then the doors blew off, and the roof blew off at USB. Or UBS, sorry. I'm I'm a kid from, you know, USBs. Anyways, um, I'm so lost on, like, I'm not even upset. Like, that's, if I, this would be so much easier if I was upset. Because ultimately, anger makes very good content. Steve Dangle has built a career off of it. But I'm not even truly upset. There's going to be a lot of stuff talked about, um what should I find nonsensical? Um yeah, Carolina's power play is god awful. <laughs> but again, it's been terrible. It's been a dumpster fire. Do you have you, you've watched The Simpsons, of course, and there was that tire fire that's just always boring. That is Carolina's power play. It is just bad. So I don't want to hear anything about how The power play hasn't been performing in the postseason. The power play hasn't been performing all year. That was not the problem here. The problem here is that Carolina, won one game, final minutes, the Islanders pull ahead. It happens. I'm fine with that. But then, because now they're down, Carolina gave in and let their emotions live on their sleeves, which is exactly, and I mean like that is what they put on the whiteboard, what the islanders wanted them to do you know i had a whole bit of it starting this episode burn the tape i don't care burn the tape this game does not matter and the end of the day yeah i mean don't lose this game would have been great if you won but i never thought we were going to sweep the islanders so this is where we are i still don't think it's gone past game six still think carolina is going to win But there is something to the idea that the Islanders are chipping away at Hurricanes players. That Jordan Stahl is clearly battling through something. Martin Natchez is clearly battling through something. And obviously, we won't have Tara Vinen indefinitely. was already gone. Patches is already gone. It's looking like, um, you know, they're just going to keep... I don't want to say attacking because, I mean, it's it, most of it's good clean hockey. But they're just going to keep grinding the Canes into the wall because ultimately that's how they're going to win. If the Islanders end up pulling this out, it's because they have physically made the Hurricanes unable to win the series. And honestly, that's hockey. I do want to say that, you know, it's not that Carolina is blameless in this. Um, yeah, the Islanders had more power plays, but we still had, what, three? And we did nothing with them. Um, <laughs> they weren't the worst power plays of all time, but they were still incredibly bad. So take that as you will. Uh, we're going to head downstairs from here. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, actually, where has our top six been? Why is it that Jordan Stahl and Jesper Faust are the only two people scoring? Like, it? <sighs> why? The, the top six has just not been there. And that was, you know, true prior to Terravine being injured. What has Aja really done, excluding that forced goal? Carolina's blue line has been the unstoppable scoring factor for Carolina. Which, you know, is nice, and we can talk about it, and, you know, it was the best in the regular season, and set a franchise record, most points scored by a blue line. Yay! But ultimately... Why? Like, that's cool, and all respect to Tim Gleason for doing that with his group. And, you know, you, you almost expect it because that's who Tim Gleason was. But why is our top six just nothing right now? They have vanished, they have disappeared. Uh, but again, born the tape, whatever, that all of that was true even if we had won tonight. So, born the tape, go back on Sunday, steal a game. Come back to Raleigh close out the series. Let's head downstairs and hear from the head coach and his players.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats.
0: Is that a tough loss for you and the boys, uh, Mr. Brindamore? Well, they're always tough. I think,
1: um, you know, it's a tough ending. Cause it was a close game and then kind of got away there at the end, just Um, regroup come back next one
0: it was incredibly easy to find people after game one saying that every call was going to go in favor of the islanders uh in this one do you see that as the big difference maker yeah we did it i mean it's too many
1: penalties i think was it three in the third i mean you're in the box the whole period couldn't get anything going rhythms off everything's just i give the guys credit i mean we almost did it you know and and really it was just a floater in going a couple feet wide great tip in front (coughs) That was the goal, so it's unfortunate, but you can't you can't take the penalties. I don't even there's no point in commenting on that stuff. I mean, it kind of wrecked the game.
0: Ronto was probably the team's best player through the wide majority of this game. Yeah, he was he good
1: and kept, kept us in uh, we we had a good first period. We should have really liked how we came out and uh, needed to get something out of that period and did and then they, they got going in the second
0: and then the third was just like I say we're in the box the whole period, so we're on our heels. How do you feel about Jack Drury joining the lineup? He was fine.
1: He was fine. He certainly wasn't one of our worst players, I can tell you that. We had some other guys needed to play a little better.
0: What's the biggest challenge going forward, the inability to score 5-on-5 five five or the inability to score on the power play?
1: Well, the power play cost us a game, that was clear. In the second, we had a couple, and we needed to do more there than at least give us some life more than anything. You can't just rely on, you know, killing penalties. That's not going to work. So we needed more on the power play, clearly they did a nice job. That was the difference in the game.
0: Jarvis, how does a losing a player like Taro Vinen, uh, a core member of this roster, affect this team moving forward?
2: Yeah, it makes a, it makes a big difference. Um, obviously, it brings a lot to the table, especially not only uh, on my line, but uh, just in the game in general. affects uh, a lot uh, penalty kill-wise, power play, so he's someone that uh, we're going to miss, but we've been dealing with injuries and missing missing key players all year so it's just the next kind of next man up and uh just gonna have to dig in a little bit deeper for for him.
0: Natchez you guys didn't win a single postseason game on the road last year. The, tonight was an opportunity to reverse that trend and it just didn't seem to happen. Anything to say
2: about that?
3: Yeah I mean obviously last season uh the playoffs, you know wasn't great but uh new season uh you know we don't really think about that, uh, you know. I think we started pretty good. We gotta, you know, keep uh, keep going good with the with the special teams, which uh, it's been huge in uh, first, you know, first uh, couple games. And uh, you know, we just don't we don't think about the past. We just focus on the on the future and gave, uh, yeah, we go game by game.
0: Jarvis, you know, we all are aware that whistles or put away towards the end of a playoff game and. I guess my question is, do you guys play differently knowing that you're less likely to get a call near the end of a game, whether it's being more productive against a penalty or maybe being more willing to commit a penalty?
2: I mean, no, not not really, because when you start doing that, I think you're going to fall into trouble where maybe you're going to get a penalty called on you and it's late in the game and then you're really going to screw your team because power plays are, are really important here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you, you change your mindset too much. But, th- yeah, it's the playoffs, so it's obviously they kind of, I think, let a little bit more going. It gets a little tougher. But for the most part, I think we just kind of stick to our game, whether it's the first first shift of the game or last shift of the game.
0: This one's for Sugar Boo. You guys are losing forwards kind of left and right now. Uh, started with Patches, then towards the end, Svechnikov, and now Terovainen. How does that affect the team as a whole?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with Patches it was a little different because he obviously played just a couple games and then happened kind of the same thing that he had, but obviously. So, I mean, the whole season we basically played without him, but uh, then, you know, losing Svech was huge, but uh, just like uh, Jarvis said, we we have a good depth on our team and, uh, you know, Nobody can play like Sweat, so we're just trying to bring our guy up and you know play his own game, and uh, you know we all trying to put the pieces together. And uh, now, obviously, missing Turbo is a uh, is a big loss too. But uh, you know, uh, once we get in the game, we don't really think about it, and just trying to you know stick to our plan and uh, let we do that. It's uh, it's working.
0: Have you guys heard anything from Turbo since his surgery yesterday?
3: Yeah, he just uh, texted us on. A, you know, group chat and uh, just let us know that, you know, that surgery went well. And uh, obviously, we're uh, all happy to hear that. And, uh, uh, you know, you never know. We might, you know, go far and he might come back. Uh, you don't really know how, how long this is going to take. Obviously, uh, he's uh, he's out for, for now, but, you know, we'll, we'll be battling for him. So if we're burning the
0: tape, does that mean we don't get to think about what the takeaways are going to be? cuz I vote no. Uh obviously Carolina's power play is still garbage. It just it just is. They they can't convert. I don't know, guys. Like there was no nice way to put it. We've been saying it all year. And I I do want to I do want to preface this one thing and this is more of an off-season subject so I'm not going to dive into it, but it is Don Waddell did not not try to improve the power play this year. Just Plain and simple. And anyone who says that is not thinking about it, honestly. Because he got patches, he got barns. Like, that was meant for it. He got Kasha, that was meant for it. Now, uh, you can make an argument here on maybe he should stop getting injury-prone players. I'm here for that. But to say he never tried to address the problem is absurd. Also, again, Jeff Daniels does not coach the power play. And... You know We should probably hire a power play specialist, but Rod's uninterested, and ultimately the decision lies with him. In a series like this, um, they're going to grind down the Hurricanes. That's the Islanders' goal here, is to grind down the Hurricanes. We've already talked about it. And part of doing that is when you score what is a potentially game-winning goal like that was before Carolina got in their fields and let everything fly. Just let everything fly. Let it out to dry. Now, again, the Islanders scored four goals faster than any other team ever has in the history of the National Hockey League playoffs. You cannot do that. You have to control your emotions. It's just, that's plain and simple. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. Because if this becomes about which team can throw more and bigger hits, it's over. Carolina's done. There's no point. We might as well fold up. But if you make it about smart hockey, Carolina wins. And Carolina doesn't even win like 9 times out of 10. Carolina wins 12 times out of 10. That is our game. But I'm not going to get stuck on this. We're going to go in on Sunday. Hopefully, Ranta's still in net. But if he isn't, go off. Maybe there will be an extra episode tomorrow. We'll find out. I apologize for the shortness of this episode, that's a weird way to put it, but uh, honestly there just wasn't a lot from the team, which makes a lot of sense, there's no way, Rod Brindamore normally does like five, six, seven minute press conferences, uh, I think this one was two, uh, He, you know, in their feels, and I get it, but we'll be back after game four, if not earlier. <laughs> As always, please share this episode. Greatly appreciate it. Rate the show if you haven't already. Subscribe, of course. Follow me online at ColinHomeIce on Twitter, if that website still exists by the time you're listening to this episode. If you take anything away from this podcast episode, it's that this is not something to overreact about, but it is concerning that they lost their emotions. But again, none of it matters until Sunday. Go Canes.